episode two. Let's do this. Yeah. I'm Jessica. I'm Amanda. And this is See You Next Tuesday podcast. And it's next Tuesday. And it's next Tuesday. <laughs> um, on our last episode, we discussed Tina Marie Cornelius and Kelly Clarkson. We did. And we also kind of delved into a little bit about your Mother's Day alleged gifts, presents, whatever. And, yes, and how, you know, my husband said I was going to love it, and whenever he says I'm going to love it, I generally don't, don't love, love it. it. <laughs> so what what uh, what was the gift? So I loved it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Damn him. Fuck. Um, he got me a 90-minute CBD oil massage. Yes. Yes. When when are you supposed to go get it? Oh, I've already scheduled it. It's going to be tomorrow. Are you serious? Yes. Dude, that's awesome. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for you. That's See, I knew it. I was thinking, you know, he's got a lot better about things like that, so I'm sure he's going to be... I mean, 20 years later, he finally nailed it. Finally nailed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't a panic gift? Yes, he did not panic. <laughs> That's awesome, girl. I'm happy for you. That's phenomenal. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. You de- you deserve it. It's been a hell of a year. Yeah. 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 To say the least. You know. Yes. Yeah. And and you can a- I can actually go do something like that now. Yeah, exactly. Fully vaxxed. Yeah. Ready Vaccinated. For hot girl summer's coming, and you're about to be a hot girl in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, you know, whatever. You will be. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so this week's murders, uh, murderer, I should say. S. Murderess. Murder. Murderess. You know, we'll call her murderess for now. I feel like it's a high praise to call someone a murderess. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like a big deal, you know? I don't know. We'll call her that for now, yeah. but. You're taking the, you're taking the reins on this one. So we're kind of yeah. switching it where. One person does the murderess, and the other person does, like, the good mom. So you've got the murderess this time, and I've got the good mom. Yes. All right, I'll let you take it from here, because I actually don't remember having heard anything about her. So, um, I'm going to discuss, I'm going to tell you about um, Andrea Yates. Okay. Um, She was actually born Andrea Pia Kennedy, uh, March, not March, why am I saying March? I don't know. Is she a Kennedy Kennedy or just like no, no, just no. like one of those names? That, that people was just have. her okay. name. I think it's a March because I was born in March. There we are. I don't know. <laughs> July second, okay, nineteen sixty four in Houston, Texas. Um, H town. Represent. I I didn't stay in Texas on purpose. Um, <laughs> here in Texas, us bitches be crazy. Yeah, we like to kill people. Um, watch out, y'all. Um, so. She was the youngest of five kids. Um, she was actually really smart. She was the valedictorian of her graduating class. She was the captain of the swim team. She was an o- officer in the National Honor Society. She went on to graduate from the University of Texas School of Nursing in Houston. She became a nurse at the MD Anderson Cancer Center. And she worked there from 1986 to 1994. Oh, wow. She met her husband, Rusty. Um, Rusty. God, that's such a name, man. That's like... It makes me think of um, National Lampoon's Yes, vacation. yes, yes. 
The, the, and, but then, like, back in the day, Rusty's was, like, a name. Like, it, it's not like now, like, why the hell did you name your kid Rusty? It was just such a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. I think you should have a baby and name him Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> she met Rusty when they were 25, um, and they married in 1993. Okay. Um... At their wedding, they told everybody they were going to have as many children as nature would provide. Um, I mean, are they friends with the Duggars or what? That's crazy. Yes. Um, and very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to move on from that. Because, yeah, for yeah. sure. So Rusty actually worked at the Johnson Space Center as a NASA, NASA engineer. So yeah. he wasn't stupid by any means. No. But here we're going to take a little twist and a turn in this story. Okay. Rusty was a disciple of Michael Peter Wernicke. What is that? Who is that? Disciple. Does this not sound cultish? Yeah, I was going to say, okay, if we're, if we're starting to get into cult territory, I haven't heard of this one, and I'm a... Very, I mean, you know, follow everything. Scientology, Nexium, you know, yeah, so, Waco. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Michael. Okay. And I'm not going to try to do the, that last name again because okay. I'm not quite sure how to say it. <laughs> Obviously. Here, spell it. Spell it. W-O-R-O-N-I-E-K-I. Awesome. Now everybody knows... If you know how to say it, let us know. Yeah. There you go. Tweet us. Let us, yeah, exactly. Tweet us and let us know how to say that. So, um, he was a disciple of Michael. Um, so Michael and his teachings actually had a huge influence on Andrea. Okay. Um, but Rusty and Michael had a falling out, um, so... Rusty and Andrea bought a bus from Michael to live on. A bus to live on? They lived on a bus they okay. bought from Michael. Like, kind of Partridge Family style, I oh, guess. Okay. They didn't travel on the bus. They just bought the bus and, and put it and lived there. Living in the bus, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, hello, Colt. Yeah, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> so, um... Andrea kept in touch with Michael through letters, and she subscribed to his newsletter, The Perilous Times. Oh, God. This is, like, starting to be, like, um, the, the Watchtower, Jehovah's Witness scene. Yes, I'm yes, this vibe. yes, yes. Okay, so okay. So, Michael was very fire and brimstone, zealot. He spread his quote-unquote word on college campuses and street quarters, so he didn't have a church. Right. Um, Hi, Puma. <laughs> We're very pet-friendly. Yeah. And there it is. And there's my kitty cat, Puma. Yeah. Um, he's kind of crazy, and yet he's also still sounding like Papa Duggar. That's a whole nother episode that we will get into. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We will get into the craziness that's happening. It's just too much right now. <laughs> it's a little. Yeah. We will. Intense. We will. 
yeah. address the Duggars because I'm obsessed. Yeah. So, Andrew and Rusty did have five children, but they had them in seven years, and she suffered a miscarriage. Oof. No woman should have that many kids in seven years. And we will find out, especially Andrea, and I will tell you why okay. here shortly. Got it. But um, I'm going to tell you another amazingly awesome statement that good old Mikey has said. Oh, God. He has said that parents ought to commit suicide rather than to cause their children to stumble and go to hell. This dude absolutely sucks. Wait. What? Okay, so now I really want to know more about this Michael guy. Because I'm like, how does it work that you go from everyone's going to hell... So much so that you should kill yourself, so... If you kill yourself, you're going to save your children. Okay. Don't worry. I'm going to... I'm going to... Please bring, help me. I can't explain his logic, but I'm going to bring him back up later. Okay. He, he comes back up later in my story. Oh, God. Like a bad penny, as they say. <sighs> he's, um... He's something else. He's like a shit demon. He just comes right back up the tube. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Michael's still around. He's still alive? Okay, we're going to absolutely have to get into that later on. Okay. He, he has a website. Oh, my God. Okay. I yes. I, I visited it, yes. and now I'm terrified he's going to find me through my IP or however that technology works. <laughs> he's going to be like, do you want to talk about the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus? Because I, I actually went to the website several times for information. Yeah. He's, okay. He's going to knock on my door. <laughs> oh. And now the Three's Company theme song just played through my head. Uh. <laughs> Come and knock on my door. Oh, I don't think we can sing that. Uh, yeah, no, no. All rights reserved. Okay. Now, I actually do feel terrible for Andrea, and um, I cannot call her a cunt. Okay. And now I'm going to tell you why. Okay, please. She actually had a terrible history of mental illness um, that began after the birth of her first child, Noah, in 1994. After the birth of Noah, um, she started having hallucinations that Satan told her to get a knife and stab someone. Wow. And then after that, things seemed to be okay until about 1999. So, wait. Okay, so quick question. Was that postpartum depression? Is that like, did they, was it diagnosed? Was it not diagnosed? It was not diagnosed. We just don't okay. Got it. The Yateses did not believe in medication. Right, right. Um, so, and that'll come up later as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, and she'd been she's been diagnosed with lots of different things, so I don't really know exactly... If it was postpartum depression, some sources say she had schizophrenia. There's lots of things playing into this. Okay. And then you have our friend Michael. Yeah, kind of pushing that button. Just kind of yes. tipping her over the edge. Yes, Got yes, it. yes. Okay. So after that hallucination, she seemed okay until 1999. And then she had their fourth son, Luke. February 15th, 1999. And I'm about to throw a lot of dates at you. Okay. And I had to put the dates in here because it kind of gives you a good timeline of how 
quickly things happened and when things happened because <laughs> if I just you yeah you just need the dates Got to it. understand like how quickly things progressed with her yeah yeah for sure so June 17th 1999 is the first time Andrea attempted suicide this time it was by by overdosing on sedatives Oof. Then June 18th, she was admitted to the hospital and transferred to the Methodist Hospital Psychiatric Unit, where she was diagnosed with a major depressive disorder. Okay. And um, now is where I get extremely pissed off. June 24th, 1999. That's what, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, Yeah. Six days later, she was prescribed an antidepressant, okay. referred to a psychiatrist, and discharged from the hospital. You want to know why she was discharged after six days? Mm. She reached the maximum amount of inpatient days her insurance would pay for. Nice. What the fuck? What in the world? Why did it stop? That's crazy. So, like, so basically you're saying, like, her insurance wouldn't cover any more than six days of... Inpatient care. Wow. Well, and that's a whole other subject we can get on. It's, like, the mental health help in this country is horrendous. So you'll find out Andrea was actually failed on so many levels... Yeah. ...that I feel this tragedy could have been prevented... On so many levels. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I'm sure. like, when I read that, I was like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it's literally like, here's some pills, get out, because we don't, we don't really give that much of a shit, is what it feels like. I understand that this is all like a system that's been in place, and there's been repealing of like mental health, you know, facilities since the 80s, like. There's, there's just not help for people. Like, it's literally like, here, just take care of yourself. You're, you'll be fine. Yeah. Bootstrap. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad. Uh, you know. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, frustrating. 100%. So, but when she got home, she didn't take her medication either. Right. Well, because, like, okay, she's got this guy, Michael, telling her, probably don't take medication. Do we her, know that? Her I, husband doesn't. Well, I don't know, and I'm sure her husband did not make sure she t- took her medication. Okay, because is this, is this one of those things like like God will heal you kind of thing? I, I don't really know. Okay. Like, I... Can we make a wild assumption, huge, like, liberties, and just say, probably. <laughs> We're taking yeah. huge liberties. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, you know. Yeah. Um, it seems like it. It seems like it's one of those situations yeah. where we don't do medication. Yeah. yeah. So, Got it. Okay. you know, I did read that they did not quote-unquote, believe, I don't know a better word for it, in medication. So she didn't take her medication when she got home, and then her mental health really began to deteriorate. Got it. She began to self-harm. She stopped feeding her children. She thought there were video cameras in her ceiling and that the cartoons on the TV were talking to her and the children. That's definitely schizophrenia. Like, I can see why they diagnosed her with that. That makes, like, those are lining up to... Me, a qualified psychiatrist, I'm telling you. <laughs> did you get that degree since oh my, last week? Yes, I totally did. It's like a you, mail order thing. You are so smart. I oh, my know. God. You guys, so smart. I am so impressed with you. So, 
all these things were happening. Okay. But neither Rusty or Andrea told her psychiatrist. Uh. Yeah, that's a whole other. Uh, But her psychiatrist also told the court during her first trial that Andrea was among the five sickest patients she's ever seen. Well, then. Okay. Again, the system is failing this person. Like, there's no safety net for her. I know. I and, know. Her, and her husband's not getting her help. No, 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 no. Okay. I know. I, this, is, this, she, this is more sad and tragic than infuriating. Okay, so really, we're... Keep going. I have a feeling who the cunt in this episode is, but I'm not going to say. Yeah, we all know who the cunt is. It's Michael. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's Michael. Michael, don't come for me. <laughs> Okay, June 20th, 1999, um, Rusty found Andrea in the bathroom at her mom's house with a knife to her neck trying to commit suicide for the second time. Jeez. And she said that the voices told her to go get the knife. July 21st, oh, maybe that should have been July. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) She was hospitalized for the second time at Memorial Spring Shadow Glen, and she was in a nearly catonic catatonic state for 10 days this is all within the span of like two months in 99 like july june july since so when did it kind of start in this all started um so that should have been july 20th she was found with a typo on the notes july 20th she had a knife to her neck okay so it's been the time span of a month she Jeez. has tried to commit suicide twice. Because her first suicide attempt was June 17th. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is escalating very quickly. Yes. Rapidly declining. Yes. Okay. Wow. So, July 20th, she tried to commit suicide for the second time. Okay. And um, then July 21st, she was hospitalized again. She was in a near catatonic state for 10 days. They started giving her Haldol. Haldol. A- and I hit the Google machine. Haldol is a, um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's an anti-psychotic. It's used to treat certain mood or mental disorders, such as schizophrenic, schizoaffective disorders. It helps you think more clearly, feel less nervous, um, take part in everyday life. It can also help prevent suicide in people who are likely to harm themselves. It's a heavy-duty It's a heavy-duty drug. And it can help just decrease negative and um, negative thoughts and um, hallucinations. I can't say that word. Hallucinations. Thank you. Got it. We did it. (laughs) We did it. Oh, I can't sing the door song either. Copyrights. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. So, um... You know, obviously, someone at this hospital is trying to, like, actually help her. Yeah, she's like, look, you need this. This is, like, to make sure you can live a normal life. Somewhat normal, right? Like, Yeah. So, you know, we've got her medicated now. Good. Looking up. August 9th. Oh, jeez. She was discharged to outpatient care. Here we go. Then nine days later, a psychiatrist warns the Yates not to have any more children. Because it could be the catalyst to another psychotic episode yes yes 
And they've been living in the bus this entire time. Okay, so they bought the bus from Michael. They're living in the bus? Why am I thinking the bus is like parked outside their house like the Partridge family? No, 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 no. They, they're they living in the bus. That is their home. That is their home, Wait. raising four children inside the bus. Wait, why did they get the bus again? Like, why are they living in a bus? Because materialistic things. Oh, God. Are sin. Okay. Okay. Sure. But now Rusty purchases Andrea an actual home. Okay. So, and I'm not against, like, people living in mobile homes or any sort of, like, anywhere they want. I'm just saying their reasoning for it is, I feel, a little off in that, you know, the home thing makes more sense is what so, I'm saying. So, I mean, and I think that was encouraged by the psychiatrist. Yeah. To give her more space because they've got four kids. In a bus. bus. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um... I, th I believe it was encouraged by the psychiatrist to get her home, a space, you know, to raise the kids in, that they're not on top of each other, to where she's not so overwhelmed. Yes. So, he also buys her a home. Okay. Now we hit November 1999. Oh, no. Rusty, at Rusty's encouragement, Andrea stops taking her Halidol. And in, and in January of 2000, Andrea stopped seeing her psychiatrist, and the Yateses have their fifth child. Jesus. Okay. I'm going to say it. Take your meds. Everyone, take, take your meds. Take your meds. And we're saying that with love, because I take anti-anxiety medication. There is nothing wrong with it. Every day. No shame in it at all. If I didn't... All my day job coworkers would be dead. Well, I would be talking about you as yes. a as a one of our podcast <laughs> murderesses. I, I'd have my own episode. <laughs> yes, take you your would. meds, everyone. Yes, take your meds. Okay. So they have their fifth child. They have a girl this time. They've had four boys up to this point. Now they have a girl. November thirtieth, two thousand, <sighs> and Andrea seemed to be doing okay. All right. Until her dad passed away in March of 2001. Oh, God. Now she's stopped talking, drinking liquids, nursing baby Mary, and she begins pulling out her own hair. Okay, wait. So this is in March of 2000 or 2001? 2001. Okay, so this is a year later. A year now later. We're skipping ahead a year. Okay, got mm -hmm. it. Um, and she also thought there were video cameras in her home again and the TV was talking to her again. Right, right. Again, she needs her medication. Yes. This is all it is. Yes. So, in March 30th, 2001, mute and catatonic, she was admitted to the hospital for the third time in three years. Oh, let me tell you where she was admitted. She was admitted to the Devereaux, Texas Treatment Network, which one article I read states it specialized in substance abuse, and Rusty chose this hospital because it was close to home. I googled the Devereaux, and the location closest to Houston in League City states it's actually a residential facility for adolescents with disabilities and mental and the mentally disabled adolescents. So I don't know if maybe they've changed over the past 20 years or right. if Rusty was just that fucking clueless. I, I don't really know, but... um. 
it wasn't really where Andrea needed to be. Right, right. Um, like there's other facilities that may have been around that would have probably been better for her, in other words. Yes. Okay, got um, it. So now she has a new psychiatrist in a new hospital, and they put on an antipsychotic medication again. April 12th, she was discharged from the hospital to outpatient care. So it's like a pattern. <laughs> yeah. She's at home again. She begins acting irrational. But this time, here's an even bigger red flag. And this is a foreshadowing of what's to come. Mm. She begins filling up a bathtub with water and told her mother-in-law it was just in case she needs it. Okay. And if you don't know what has happened to her children, you will find out why I said that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So May 4th, Andrea's back at the Devereaux, and they put her on Halidol, which she was on before. Again, yes, good. Here we are. This time she spends 10 days in the hospital before she was discharged. <laughs> Ready for this? Oh, God. Get your wine. Take a chug. Just just chug it all down because <laughs> you're not going to be able to handle this shit. Oh, my God. She was discharged because she was sleeping and eat. Her sleeping and eating had improved, but she was still mute and depressed. But, y'all, her sleeping was great. But I would sleep great, too, if I'm on, like, heavy-duty medication. I mean, I'm, like, passed out. Like, it has nothing to do with if I'm ready to re-enter society or not. She was still mute and depressed, but she was sleeping and eating good. Again, y'all, we need to fix this mental health thing. <sighs> there is no one right answer, but, yeah, this is a very, and this is 99. Yeah. It hasn't gotten any better. No. So, June 4th. Her psychiatrist begins weaning her off the Halidol because she doesn't seem psychotic. Well, yeah, because she's on Halidol. Because she's taking her medication. So, of course, like, she's not going to present symptoms. Okay. All right. I'm going to get mad. Er, get June more angry. 7th is the last time Andrew takes her meds. All right. This is going to make you super bad. June 18th. At her doctor's appointment with her psychiatrist. Rusty actually expresses his concerns to the psychiatrist about Andrea's mental state and okay. how it's rapidly declining instead of improving. That's a positive. One point for Rusty in this whole story. I'll take it. Um, and he asks to put her back on the meds. Great. And the doctor refuses, saying it's quote unquote bad medication. So Rusty asks about electroconclusive therapy and he is told it's for people with severe mental illnesses if this bitch doesn't have severe mental illness i don't know who does exactly right and it has nothing to do with like let's zap the crazy out of her like you see in those 19 whatever 60s movies and stuff there actually is treatment that is electroshock therapy that is it does yeah. actually help people they, they've, yeah. they've fine-tuned so. it now so it's not what you're thinking so, the doc, you want to know what he recommended for her? Oh, my God. Y'all, don't, don't grab your wine. Go to your freezer. <laughs> grab your tequila. Take two shots. It's time to amp up the ante. Take two shots. 
because this fucking psychiatrist recommends, and I'm quoting here, thinking positive thoughts. Okay. Where did they get this? Is the psychiatrist Michael? Is that the big reveal? Is no. it like Scooby-Doo, he peels off the mask and it's fucking Michael? No. <laughs> Jinkies. Right? <laughs> Copyright free. So, <laughs> June 20th. 2021, two days after she's told to think positive. Wait, wait, 2001 or two? 2000, 2001. 2001. 2001. Not this year. Not this year. Sorry, y'all. We're, we're good. We're good. Sorry, y'all. Um, MS brain. Um, totally fine. I don't even want to say this. Okay. June 20th, 2001. Andrea tragically drowns her kids. Noah, seven. John, five. Paul, three. Luke, two. Mary, six months old. Jeez. Rusty left for work, and before his mom, his mom would come and help her out at the house. Right. And before his mom could come help her out, um, it was about an hour time span, Andrea filled a bathtub full of water and systematically began drowning her children. She started with her three youngest sons, starting with Paul. After she drowned them, she laid them on her bed and covered them up. Next was Mary. She left Mary floating in the bathtub. Then Noah saw Mary and asked what was wrong and ran away. Andrea had to chase Noah down, drag him to the bathroom, and force him into the bathtub. Oh, my God. Once Noah was no longer breathing, um, Andrea took Mary out of the bathtub and placed her in the arms of her brothers on the bed. Right afterwards, she called 911 and without any emotion in her voice um this is her conversation with the 911 operator 911 asked if are you having disturbance are you ill or what she said yes i'm ill they said do you need an ambulance she said no i need a police officer yeah send an ambulance they said what's the problem she said um 911 said is someone burglarizing your house i mean what is it and then there's just heavy breathing and they said, what kind of medical problem are you having, ma'am? And then they say, hello. She said, I need a police officer. They said, are you at your address? Are you at, and there's the address. Right. And she said, yes. And they said, are you alone? And she said, yes. They said, Andrea Yates. She says, yes. They said, is your husband with you? She goes, no. And they said, okay, why do you need a police officer? She says, I just need them. They said, what for? She said, I just need them. Come right away. They said, are you sure you're alone? She says, um, no, my kids are home. Okay, so real quick. You can tell. I mean, I th- we're not listening to this. I listened Did to it. Did you listen to it? I listened to it. Could you tell if it was like, I mean, like just from that, I'm getting like, she doesn't know what the hell she just did. She, she She's like on another planet. It was completely emotionless. Right. Like dissociative kind of yes. thing. Okay. Yes. So as soon as she got the phone, she called Rusty at work and he asked if anyone was hurt and she told him all of them. Oh my god. When the officer showed up at the Yates home, her clothes and her hair was still wet. When the officer asked why he was there, she told him she killed all of her kids. Wow. So that right there alone is mental illness because if if it's a I'm gonna say I'm a normal murderer 
which there are none, but that's what we're going to say. They would be like, oh, I have no idea. Someone came in and broke in. And... There would be a story. Right. There would be some sort of, like, fabrication about how I can get out of this. My husband they, did this. Whatever. They would have tied themselves to a chair. Right. They would find a way to make it not their fault. Instead, she straight up was like, this happened. That's it. <laughs> yes. Holy crap. And um, she told the officer... She was saving their souls by killing them. Oh, God. So, remember mm-hmm. our friend Michael? Her defense attorney her, and her psychiatrist said she got the idea from Michael because of his everyone's going to hell, the only right. way to save yourself is to commit suicide, and everything else. And we talked about his website, So, and I checked it out. He has a whole section on his website titled Past Controversy in the Media. Oh, good God. Because this was talked about in the media, his relationship to the Yates's, how people felt like he was responsible right, for pushing her to this point. And basically he says, they don't know me, they, you know, the media basically doesn't know me, they didn't talk to me, it's edited footage. Blah, 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 blah. The usual thing that is said. Right. But. This is, sorry to interrupt you. This is giving a huge, like, Keith Raniere Nexium vibes where it's like, oh, everyone's out to get me. It's just like the media is like, you know, they're just trying to portray me as this crazy person or like this bad guy. When all actuality, I'm really just trying to help people. It's like, fuck you, dude. No, you're not. You're a piece of shit. You just don't want to admit it. Like, you just don't want to admit that the fact that, that, whatever. Let whatever. me, let me read you this, sen- this golden sentence Please. of that section. I believe it was the last sentence. The last sentence of my, you know, past media controversy or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But ultimately, the content of my message is the solid gospel of Jesus. Okay, yeah. Sure it is. So yeah. basically, you know what you did. You don't give a fuck. Right. We got it, dude. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm just going to hide behind Christianity and Jesus because that's what a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of these motherfuckers do. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and in Andrea's confession, she said she wasn't a good mother and that her children weren't developing correctly and she needs to be punished. So... And in her first trial, in 2002, she was found guilty of capital murder in three and a half hours and sentenced to life in prison. Yeah, it's pretty hard not to whenever she literally said the first thing she said to a cop was, I I killed my kids. So, and she, she didn't get um, reason of insanity in her trial so okay i'm glad you mentioned that because if i were a defense attorney that's the first thing i'd be like yo like she needs to be reason i mean if anyone should get the insanity plea this all of it from the beginning to the end she has a past history pre the situation the pre the murders and then the murders themselves happen why didn't they go for why didn't they do it well here's why it was based largely because of the testimony of the psychiatrist Park Dietz. Yeah, I'm putting you on blast, Park Dietz. He'd been hired by the prosecution to interview and evaluate Andrea. Okay. He has had no particular expertise in postnatal disorders. 
He stopped treating patients in either 81 or 82. He hasn't seen a patient with postnatal disorders um, since 1977. Okay. And was not <laughs> sure he'd ever seen a case of postnatal depression with psychotic features. He testified for the prosecution in several homicide cases, including those of Susan Smith, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Oh, good God. And Jeffrey Dahmer. He actually proclaimed that Dahmer, if please, he, please, I could tell you please. who Dahmer was, but... Um, if you don't know, really? I'm, just I'm not going to tell you. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get to. Uh, okay. News, we'll get to Dahmer. Newsflash. He kept heads in a freezer. He he claimed Dahmer was legally sane. So he, he testified that Andrea was sane and said that what she, she knew that what she was doing was wrong. And she expressed a belief that Satan, not God, had ordered her to kill her children. And that she did not have any hallucinations before the crime. And that... Okay, but tell me. Tell me that the freaking defense was like, uh, no. And here's all the medical history of her having hallucinations from years past. I don't, I don't know. Talk about, like, this poor woman, what she did was horrendous. We are so, not excusing you know, that. But. I don't know who was on this jury, but obviously they believed Park Dean. This dude hasn't fucking done anything since the 80s with patience. Why the fuck are we taking this guy's advice? Now I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> so. I don't get it. He said that whatever she had was nothing more than obsessional, intrusive thoughts. He runs a forensic consulting firm mm -hmm. and a threat assessive group. Oh, and it gets better. He's a consultant on law and order and law and order criminal intent. Ugh. And he claimed he testified in court that before the killings, an episode of law and order had been shown with a mother with postnatal depressive who drowned her children had been found not guilty by reason of insanity, so that she had gotten the idea of her actions from the TV show. However, however, no such episode ever aired. It was false testimony. Okay, so here's the thing. He's a clout chaser. That's what he is. He's literally like, cool, high-profile case, Susan Smith. We got Dahmer. We got Andrea Yates. What was the other person you said he was on? There was another one. Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. So he, and then now he's like, I'm a consultant on for fucking Law and Order, which, holla, Law and Order is legit. Fucking amazing. Love Law and Order. Um, but still, like, he's literally just clout chasing, just trying to glom on to any sort of big ass, like, murder crime story that he can. Park Deet. You're a cunt. Gotta kind of agree with that. Park Deet. You're a cunt. Yeah. But good news, everyone. Once they found out there was no ever episode of Law and Order where a mother drowned her kids, her case was overturned. She got a new trial. Okay, good. Good. But not before Rusty filed for divorce. He stood by her through the trial. You know, I, I can't fault him for that. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a there's a lot of like nuances here in their relationship, but it's a lot. I, I get it. I get it. So, 2004, Rusty filed for divorce. 2005, the Court of Appeals granted her a new trial. 2006, Andrea is found not guilty by reason of insanity. Thank God. She is um, sent to the Kerrville State Hospital in Kerrville, Texas for an indefinite stay. She actually spends her day watching movies of her children and creating artwork. Her artwork is actually sold anonymously in a local store, and the proceeds are put into a fund that helps screen low-income women for mental health illnesses. Yes. Okay, I'm going to do some snaps for that. That is awesome. And let me tell you, in the state of Texas, it actually is very difficult to... Um, be use mental um, insanity mm. as a defense. Yeah, there are only three things that qualify you, and I actually got this from a court document um, from Harris County. Damn, girl, you went in. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I just signed up for like. <laughs> I had to sign up to like give them my name and my. Like now they know you. <laughs> yeah, got it. They're gonna hunt me down, right? You. It is likely to cart cause serious harm to himself, likely to cause seriously harm to others, okay. or in Andrea's case, this is the box that was checked, is suffering severe and abnormal mental, emotional, or physical distress, experienced substantial mental or physical deterioration of the proposed patient's ability to function independently, which is exhibited by the Proposed patient's inability, except for reasons of indigence, and provide the proposed patient's basic need, including food, clothing, health, or safety, and unable to make a rational and informed decision as to whether or not to submit to treatment. Wow. That's a mouthful. Yeah. But that, but that I mean, she's checking, actually, all of those boxes, really. Yeah, harming that was herself, like harming all... others. The third box. <laughs> yeah, so the third box is what they checked for her, for her to use insanity as a defense. Okay, good. But um, she's actually doing really well um, from what I read in the state hospital currently. And I love that what she's doing, that she's creating this artwork and using it for a, a good cause. Absolutely. I kind of want to take a little day trip and find her artwork. Mm -hmm. Agreed. That'd be so amazing. I mean, but it's anonymous. I don't know how you'd find it. But if there's like only one art studio or art, like, you know, art, whatever, place in the art museum in the Kerrville, I stands to reason, right? I mean, I... One would assume? My grandma used to live there and there's not hmm. a lot going on down there, so I don't... That's what I'm saying. We'll figure it out. We got to figure this out. No, but that's phenomenal. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's... It's a horrifyingly sad, tragic story that could have been prevented. Yes. Yeah, so Andrea was not the cunt. No. Andrea was not the cunt. It's a very tragic story, and I feel terrible for Andrea. Yeah. Um, it should not have come to this. Those children should be adults today. They should be living their best lives today. But unfortunately, the system failed Andrea. Her husband failed Andrea. Um, I feel like everyone around her failed her. Yep. Um, 
The cons is Michael and Rusty. You think? Yeah, yes. I agree. I'm going to also add on to it. The mental health system in this country is a cunt. Well, yes. The Period. Entire, yes, yes. That whole yes. system. And Park Dietz is the cunt. And Park Dietz. <laughs> <laughs> we got four, and none of them are Andrea at this yes, point. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, if you feel Andrea's a cunt, don't at me, because um, I'm going to... She'll fight you. <laughs> With words. With thumbs. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to fight anyone, but um, I don't think she's the cunt. Yeah. I think she was failed, and there could have been a different outcome. Yeah. If if things had been different. Yeah. Great job. No, that was really good. You you went all in on that one, and I, I didn't even know that about her. All I remember was, oh, this crazy lady like uh, drowned her kids. Yeah. Literally, that was it. Yeah, that's all I remember as well. And you know, they I don't think they divulged into as much of her history as they should have in the media. I think they did touch upon her mental illness, but I don't think that um, they did a deep dive, as, yeah. you know. but Because it doesn't sell. Her being, like, being a failed system, the system failing her and everybody else around her failing her doesn't sell. A crazy, oh, my God, this woman's drowning her kids, that sells. Right? I know, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that was, yeah. So what are you going to do to lift our spirits? Uh, Yeah, sorry. So I'm going to do a direct opposite mom of that, and we're already going to go for a heavy hitter. Do it. Which is Beyonce, also a Houston native. You better do her justice or the beehive (laughs) is going to come for you. I know, I know. So beehive, please be kind to me. I am, believe it or not, new to Beyonce solo career. Fan, I was very much more a Destiny's Child fan. You just dated yourself. I know. Sorry, everybody. Um, They're gonna at you. I know. I know. I know. Do you? Do I need to get online right now and do your personal? Probably personal, so they don't add. Yeah, both of us. Jessica died on this date, (laughs) twenty twenty one. No, she's. I mean, as we all know, it's Beyonce. Like. If, if you have reached a point in your career where you can have just one part of your name be you, like Cher, Prince, Bowie, Beyonce, like that's how you know you've made it. Yeah. That'd be freaking awesome. Like. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> but. Manda. How's that feel? You feel good? I mean. You kind of feel good? <laughs> But yeah, so Beyonce, as we all know, in Houston, well, Texas, we're very proud of her. Obviously, we're like, she's from Texas, you know, like, we kind of, I use it a lot as like, a way to negate all the negative uh, Ted Cruz vibes. Sorry, everybody. I said it. We don't like him. Sorry. Not a fan. Uh, That are out there. Mexico wouldn't even keep him. Right? That's it, you know. Anyway. So, Beyonce was born in 1981 in Houston, Texas, September 4th. Um, what is that astrology-wise? What's the September 4th? I don't know. Yeah, darn it. I should have gotten the chart. Anyway, so she was born in 81 at age, and she was singing in church. We all know this. If you've seen anything about Beyonce, she's singing in church. Um, when she was nine, I didn't realize this. Okay, so I, I learned a lot of new things here. She was nine. She formed a singing, rapping group. Um, Destiny's Child, originally called Girls' Time in 1990. Um, oh, by the way, I got all my source material, literally like everything from either Wikipedia, 
like Rando Searches and Britannica Biography website for Beyonce. Oh, I have tons of sources. Yes, I'll let you. Um, Biography.com, Lawnet, Cold Education, CBS News, The Lancet, um, Cron.com, .co.com, and we'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have all that out there. Um, Awesome. So Beyonce, when she was nine, she formed a girl group, which is insane. 1990. So, I mean, I don't know what you were doing at nine, but I wasn't forming girl groups. (laughs) I was probably still playing with the My Little Ponies. Yeah. Yeah, Barbies were very much a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, hey, I want to be an international superstar. Yeah, no. Yeah, so she was already in that vibe from a very young age. She was Beyonce at nine. You know what I mean? Good for her. I know. (laughs) I know. Good for her is right. So this is also old school. In 1992, she actually lost on a show called Star Search, which... I totally remember Star Search. We're old. So Star Search was... Explain Star Search to people who don't know. Okay. Star Search was amazeballs. Um, so you put two people against each other. Then they would get rated by stars. You okay. would get two and a half stars, three stars, four stars. I don't remember the maximum number of stars, though. And they had different categories. They had singers, and they had spokesmodels. Um, I think Britney was on Star Search. Justin yeah. Timberlake was on Star Search. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, so they put two people against each other on Star Search, and they'd be like, and Beyonce got... Four stars. And Brittany, I'm sorry, you only got three and a half stars. Ah, okay. So this was like American Idol pre-American Idol, but it was rated by like people in the audience or how did it work? I don't remember. I don't remember that. Okay. But um, what's his name was on it? Um, Ed McMahon, right? Was it Ed McMahon? I think so. I think so, yeah. Ed McMahon and um, God, yeah. So for, I mean... She obviously won at life after that, clearly. Yeah. Hello. So, 92, she loses Star Search. Five years later, Destiny's Child got a Columbia recording contract. So, that's huge. I mean, that's that's getting signed to a major label, which is a massive deal. So, 97, she was born in 81. What would that be? 16? Sure. Okay. Maths? I'm not good at the maths. Because... 81 to 91, she's 10. 10. That's another six years, 17. Yeah. So it's 17 16. years old. She's already signed to a major label. 10 plus 6 is 16, <laughs> not 17. We did it. <laughs> oh, I can't yes. sing that. <laughs> you almost did. You're like, ah, no. <laughs> so she's 17 years old with Destiny's Child. 16. 16 years old with Destiny's Child. <laughs> Send help. We can't do math. I, I, it's whatever. Send calculators to P.O. Box. <laughs> For real. Good God. Um, so release the album. Debut album. Texas Instruments wants to sponsor us. God, please. Seriously. I'm okay with that. Please do. Um, follow-up album in 99, Writings on the Wall. And then that album got her to the, well, the group, two Grammys. Okay, so sold more than 8 million copies. So this is when they're starting. She's starting to get some fame, and it's with her girls, uh, Kelly and Michelle, as we all know. Um, and then Survivor in 2001, which featured uh, the Survivor song on the Charlie's Angel. 
I know, I know, I'm going to get stuck. It's already stuck in my head. Like, after this research, I was like, well, now this is in my head forever. Um, featured on the movie Charles Angels with, you know, Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore and... Um, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, thank you. Which, I thought they were super fun movies. I mean, they're just, yeah, they're super fun. Made by McGee and all that stuff. Anyway, so Survivor dropped. Um, and then that... Third album was uh, reached number one spot on the Billboard 200 chart, which is huge. So they're starting to really climb up, and this is like early 2000. So 2001 was when our unfortunate lady, Miss Yates, was starting to go down, downhill, and Beyonce is rising, rising star, right? So um, then Dangerously in Love, her first solo album drops in 2003. Okay, so this is... I remember when this happened, they started to split up. I was like, what's going on? Like, I was super weird. And Kelly and Michelle tried to split up their own little solos, too, remember? And this was also when NSYNC was doing the same thing. You know, Justin was starting to go off on his own with Justified and shit. So it was like a whole other. And I was like, is everybody just splitting up? I was freaking out. I mean, I can't say that I was into that because I wasn't I'm a little bit older than you <laughs> this is true i'm yeah. a little bit older than you i can't say that i <laughs> you were like i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah either way yeah so the album that she released in 2003 debuted to rate rave reviews and had a single featuring jay-z crazy in love so is that how they met here it is this is it this is the moment yep and it was that song, which is so fucking perfect, right? It's like a, a love song. They meet. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, so cute. Don't come at me. Uh, it, it is cute, actually. It's kind of sweet. Um, and then, of course, that song, as we all know, Crazy was massive. It tarped the charts worldwide. And then in 2004, she herself won five Grammy Awards, um, including Best Contemporary R&B Album, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance, Destiny's Child Return in 2004 again. They tried again. And then they tried a world tour in 2005. Wasn't that? People weren't vibing on it. So they announced the group would officially disband in 2005. So it's 2006 now. She released her second album. Also in 2006, she starred in Dream Girls. So throughout the early 2000s up to this point, she was in, you know, like Austin Powers, Goldmember, and a couple other rando like movies and things. But this was like the first movie that was like her. And a couple of the girls, like, front and center. Very similar to Destiny's Child, actually. When you think about it. Um, did, great, did Dream Girls have, um, God, what's her name from, um, from, um, American Isle, Jennifer. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Yep. Wasn't she in that, too? She was, and I think she won an award for that movie. Like, that was whenever she, like, broke out, and everyone's like, whoa, this girl is, like, talented, talented, you know? Um, and I think Eddie Murphy was in that, too, right? Was that Eddie Murphy? I know I, I've never seen it. I know me either. I, I wish I hate to say that out loud, but it's true. I really sorry. need to watch it. I'm sorry. Don't come at us. Don't come at us, please. Um, we love you, Beehive. We do. So, and then 2008 is when her and Jay Z got married. So they. So, so what is that? Two years. Two years. Three years. Crazy in Love was in 2003, and oh, then five years five later, years. yeah, her and and Jay Z got married in 2008. So cute. Okay, so this is where she also does the album I Am Sasha Fierce. So this is a big album for her, for everybody, really. Everyone's freaking out about this album. It's still very, very popular. I mean, all her albums are. But what's interesting about this is it actually correlates to something. Um, if we want to talk about mental 
not necessarily mental health, but more like strategies. Um, there's something called the alter ego effect, right? And there's actually a book out there released on this. And in the book, from what I understand, the Sasha Fierce thing comes up. So Beyonce was raised a church girl. Andrea Yates was too, clearly. Very similar Christian, Christian vibes. But the difference is like, obviously, Andrea Yates, unfortunately, was not able to treat the mental illness and also didn't have the right support system in that Christian faith. Whereas Beyonce did have a very supportive homegrown church family. Mm-hmm. And so for her to break out outside of it and feel comfortable doing like a lot of things like wearing different outfits, more risque outfits or singing certain things that are like what she didn't feel would be appropriate. She had, she donned an alter ego called Salsha Fierce. So in the album, it's kind of split up into two pieces. I am, which is like kind of more her old school church vibes. And then Sasha Fierce, which is like her new, like, this is who I'm becoming kind of person, but I'm not really fully comfortable doing it yet. I'm like, fake, fake it till you make it. Yeah. So in the book, they explain that, um, which is kind of cool that a lot of times it's useful to use an alter ego, kind of put yourself out there to fake it till you make it until you become that person. Not as like a dissociative, like DID kind of thing where I'm Another split personality, personality yeah. but more like, I just need this person to help me achieve a goal I want yeah and that's what Sasha Fierce did for her because after that she landed the performance at Glastonbury Music Festival in 2011 which is huge that's a massive festival in the UK um and to be a headliner there is it's very difficult to get so massive so whatever she did mental games to get Sasha Fierce to be Beyonce totally worked um also, that year, she announced her pregnancy, and it was a huge thing. You remember this. Oh, God, yes. MTV. I do remember that. Love on Top, music, MTV VMT Awards, um, and she finished that whole scene, and she, like, rubbed her belly, and then everyone's, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, she's pregnant. It was Blue Ivy. Uh-huh. So that was her first baby. Um, 2013, Destiny's Child came back for a Super Bowl appearance, which was awesome. And then 2017, she had her twins, Rumi and Sir Carter. Um, and pre that, you remember that pregnancy announcement, right? It was like her, like kind of like the Madonna, like flower crown. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. One thing can be said about Beyonce is she doesn't go small. No, no. She goes big. Yes. Every time. Yes. And if I've learned anything by watching her Netflix documentary about Coachella performance, she's a perfectionist. In a good way. In, in an annoyingly, in a, in a way that makes sense. Like, Prince was the same way. He was meticulous. And he's just like, I does not accept anything but the absolutely best of everything. Love of Prince. everyone. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, um, let's see here. In 2018, speaking of Coachella, it was when she uh, headlined Coachella. She was the first black woman to do so. Um, again, breaking barriers and glass ceilings that yeah. don't need to be in place in the first fucking place. Preach it. Yeah. Especially for women of color, which yes. have it 13 times harder than all the rest of us do. Yes. Um, then in 2019, um, she was the voice of Nala in The Lion King, the remake. And then she released, uh, onto Disney Plus, the visual album, Black, uh, what is it? Black is King. Um, in 2020. So that's still on Disney Plus now. The music is insanely good. I freaking love it. I love Black Parade. That's like my favorite song on that whole album. 
Um, and then this year, so, and and this is a very recent thing with Megan Thee Stallion. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Okay, her and Megan Thee Stallion are on that remix for, um, oh my God, I'm just forgiving. Savage, excuse me, Savage. And um, Megan Thee Stallion's up there accepting her award at the Grammys, and she's like, uh, I just like to think of Beyonce and then make a little ratchet. And like, I was like, that is so Megan the Stallion, right? That's her. I love Megan the Stallion. I do too. She's amazing. I think she's Houston too. <sighs> H-Town, man. Anyway, so um, Beyonce earned a Grammy for Best R&B Performance in 2021. This year, she received three other awards to set the record for the most Grammys won by a female artist, 28, let alone a woman of color, Huge shout out to Beyonce, and I I mean, she's just going to keep blowing it out of the water. It's fucking Beyonce. It's fucking Beyonce. So, Beyonce. Yay! Yes. Keep killing it. Keep slaying it, queen. We are here for all of it. Keep doing it. Yep. So, a lot of, a lot of emotions. A lot to process. There's a lot to process here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we will leave you with that. Um... Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Yes. You know, always hit that like and subscribe button. Yeah, all those things that do things, do that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what those things do, but do that. Do that. We're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to your podcast, as they say. Um, so thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Bye.